privilege to take this time and to do this very powerful practice where we're keeping the beautiful quality, beautiful attitude of love in mind. And uh, you'll hear a different voice each afternoon at this time. And part of that is really useful because the practice of metta, loving kindness, it really requires some creativity, like how we keep love in mind, how we keep being interested in the quality, the authentic quality of love. So I'll give some instructions in just a few moments, but I just want to sort of outline these practices called, you probably have heard, but some of you maybe haven't, the Brahma Viharas or the Divine Abodes. And the Buddha, we may not have heard that much about it, but the Buddha was really big on these wholesome, beautiful attitudes of loving kindness and compassion, appreciative joy and equanimity. And he referred to them as the boundless or immeasurable Quality. And you'll, you'll get a sense when you have some momentum where you can keep that attitude in mind. It's like blowing on embers, you know, if you have one of those little bellows or just a current of air against some coals, it really burns brightly. And a lot of it is about this confidence that this heart is capable of real goodness like capable of being kind in a very authentic, simple way, capable of being uh, compassionate, being touched by suffering, capable of appreciating what's beautiful and being touched by beauty and goodness, capable, capable of being open-hearted even when things are ambiguous, like what equanimity allows for. But we'll mostly be talking about this basic goodness of the heart that generally we refer to as metta, and then often it's translated as loving kindness. But you could just call it basic goodness or basic friendliness of the heart. And you'll see how when the mind keeps this in mind, keeps this beautiful quality in mind, then all the unwholesome qualities disappear, temporarily at least, right, from the heart. And you really feel that quality blooming, that quality of love blooming. It really feels like it fills the space of the body and mind at the heart in a way is like a warm, radiant glow of this love, of this basic goodness that just naturally, like upwelling, just naturally flows out to the dear ones in our life, some folks that have really been there for us or close friends and relatives, onward to all the neutral people and even to the difficult people, all beings without exception. So over the course of days, we'll cover these different categories, but today really keeping it close, close to home, this body, this heart, this life right here. So just do what you can to be comfortable We have some time for discussion at the end for anybody who wants to clarify the practice. But for now, just do what you can to be comfortable in your body, settle in, 
And as we settle into some stillness, aware of this life right here, this tender body, this tender heart, this bubbly mind, thinking mind, realizing the very simple truth. We're not making this up. I do care about this life here. And I'll be saying some phrases, and you may find it helpful silently to repeat some of these words or some similar words of your own choosing. Just repeat them as if you're speaking directly to the body, to the tender heart, to this life here. I do care about this life, this tender body. I care about this sensitive heart. I care enough to be close. I care enough to feel whatever's here to feel now. To relax and to open, to allow. And I care enough about this life to wish well, to offer some simple good wishes. May this life be safe. May wisdom and love protect me always. And may this heart, this body be happy and peaceful. May I take care of this life with ease and joy. I do care about this life. Care enough to remember to be close, to feel whatever's here now to feel, to open, to allow things to be the way they are right now. I care enough to offer a few simple and beautiful wishes May this life, this body, this heart be safe in all ways. May the deepest wisdom and love protect me always.
May the heart, the body be happy, peaceful. May I engage the business of life with ease and joy. And we're just caring, so with or without the words, we remember that I care, that I'm willing to be close, that I'm willing to feel what's here to feel. In the same way that we would be there for a dear friend, we're showing up for this body, this tender heart here. Not afraid to be right in the middle and to respond with these simple and beautiful wishes. So I'll go through them a couple more times. May this heart, this body be safe. And may the deepest wisdom and love protect this life always. May the heart be peaceful, happy. May I take care, may I navigate life with ease and joy. So each phrase is watering the seeds of love. You might even feel it beginning to grow, just the warmth, the radiance of love, filling the space of the body, the heart and mind. I care about this life. May this life, this body, this heart be safe. And may the deepest wisdom and love protect me always. May this heart be happy and peaceful. May I care for this life and this world with ease and joy. Now we're going to continue for a while on our own. You can use the phrases you've been already given. You don't have to rush them. Okay, if you change the words or the tone a little. So it feels real to you as you're connecting with your own life, this body, this heart and mind right here.
nice to have a little gap after each phrase so you can directly sense the radiance of love and kindness, whatever that might be like, free from the words themselves, just the actual quality of love that's there. There's no reason to need to move on to some other practice. Just happy to keep remembering the simple truth that I care about this life. That there's an actual sense of friendliness here. This warmth, this radiant warmth. And when the actual quality of love seems clear, then you can even drop the words for a while. Just meditate, just rest in that expansive, radiant quality of friendliness. Feeling each part of the body, each part of the heart and mind being touched by that good quality of love.
And as I mentioned, you might notice it as an upwelling of the heart, an upwelling of goodness, metta. And we keep returning to this place whenever you notice the mind has gotten distracted. That's okay. But we remember this very simple truth. I care about this life right here, this heart, this mind and body. I care enough to be close, to feel, to allow things to be. I care enough to wish well for this life. May this life, this body and mind be safe. May the deepest wisdom and love protect me always. May this tender heart here be happy and peaceful. And may I live this life with ease and joy. Show up to my life with ease and joy. Really trusting the heart's capacity to be good, to wish well, to be friendly, to love. Really learn to rest in that. So you're going from practicing metta to resting or being metta, being this basic goodness, this friendliness, like a warm smile or a warm, radiant smile. It touches everything.
You can continue just following the traditional phrases, but it's also okay to drop the phrases or use a more simple one word like love or metta, whatever helps. Don't be afraid to experiment a little to keep this quality of metta in mind, whatever helps. Learning how to keep this radiant quality of metta, love, in mind. So it's really a practice of not forgetting. And when it's strong, really learning to rest in it. To bathe, to trust this quality of love. And you'll notice it will naturally want to spill over to a really beautiful benefactor in your life or some being that's really easy to love. Might be a grandchild, might be a pet, might be some benefactor, somebody who's really seen your beautiful qualities, always was able to see your beautiful qualities, was a deep support for you. So just let these beautiful, supportive people, let one of them come to mind if they, if it feels right. Just as I care about this life, I quite naturally care about you too. Happy to be close. Happy for my heart to be touched as I remember you, as I bring your, your life or I bring you to mind. I remember you, I remember your goodness. And quite naturally, the love includes, it connects. And they're the same beautiful wishes. 
may you also be safe in all ways. And may wisdom and love protect you always. May your heart and body be happy and peaceful. And may you take care of your life and the whole world with ease and joy. Just find a way to include easy people, the easiest beings that come to mind. As if there's a beautiful warm light that just shines outward, including this person, this other being. And it's not about forcing anything. It's just about noticing what's actually real now for the heart. It's okay to begin again with the body. I care about this body. Care enough to be close and to wish well. May this body be safe. May this tender heart be safe. May this loved one be safe in all ways. May wisdom and love protect us always. May we be happy and peaceful. May we live in this world with ease and joy. May we know how to show up in a beautiful way.
learning how to rest in this basic goodness, this friendliness, this radiant quality of the heart. And remember to experiment with an easy person, an easy being, where you just allow the image or the sense of that person, that other being to come to mind. And just notice if that quality of friendliness just naturally is willing to include this person, this other being in this radiant warmth, this kindness. Oh yes, you too. May you also be safe in all ways. May love and wisdom protect you. And may your heart be peaceful and happy. And may you take care of your life and the whole world with ease and joy. We're learning to trust 
the goodness here, the capacity for goodness, learning how to keep it in mind, however faint it may be in moments. We practice not forgetting And you'll notice over time certain images can be very potent. Like if your easy being is your cat, for example, or a granddaughter or a mentor or teacher of yours, some image might come to mind. And then it's very easy to remember to feel the quality of love itself, metta. And then once you remember the actual quality of love, you may not need that mental image or the words so much. So you can either use them or not. Because the emotion of love is really what we're learning to rest in and trust. We'll end the formal sitting time just allowing this radiance of love to be more and more inclusive for a few minutes. You might just sense the fellow retreatants here in the room, all of us together, as if there's a simple, radiant, friendly smile that just includes everybody in the space, all of us doing the best we can. May we all be safe here together. May wisdom and love protect us. And may we be happy and peaceful. May our bodies be at ease and healthy. And may we take care of our practice, our lives, and each other, and the whole world with ease and joy. And just sensing that we're filling the room with our good wishes, simple good wishes, and just allowing ourselves to bathe, to rest here,
the Buddha would really open it up. The traditional teaching is something like, I will abide pervading the four quarters, what's in front of us, to the right, behind, to the left, above and below, all around, everywhere and every way. I will abide pervading the all-encompassing world with love, with metta, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, free from hostility and ill will. I will abide. Adjust your body so if there's any stiffness, it'll take your time to release it. So take a little time now in most of the days uh, when we do the loving kindness practice just to see if there are any questions needing to clarify the instructions or about your experience that would be useful to bring up? Anything come to mind? Yeah, please. And we're going to use the mic for the Q&A. So there's a person right over here. Yeah, thanks. And then if the person who raises their hand after you are close, feel free to just pass it along or one of us will help. Yeah, thanks. Hi, thank you. Um, I had a question about the sort of purifying aspect of metta. So if the the opposite can come up, um, which it did for me, um, I kind of, I have some intuitive ways of responding to that, but I think a refresher on how to deal with you know, the opposite of metta coming up would be really helpful. Yeah. How to deal with the opposite of metta when it arises. And it's really true. Um, I think it was Ajahn Sushito who talks about the mind as a committee, but not a pretty committee, like a harmonious committee, but more like the, I always use the example because I think he did Chicago City Council, but I don't know. I mean, it could be that. They're doing pretty well right now. I'm not sure. Um, but you know what it can be in our mind. And so um, so even though the practice is like with the um, attention, right, the intention to pay attention to the wholesome quality of love, metta, that doesn't mean there aren't other qualities, other committee members there. 
And some of the committee members might be really jealous that we're the attention has the intention to just keep seeing this quality of love over and over again. Whatever, you know, not to forget it, to keep it in mind, to keep bringing it right into the forefront. And so there can be pushback. Sounds like you maybe noticed a little either today or in the past. This is quite common. And then depending, and you know, we kind of learn by trying, sometimes the reaction, some aversion, whatever it is, can be, you know, would be assessed as not that, you know, that it can stay in the background or in the periphery. And we maybe amplify the intention to keep noticing love. And using mental image, using phrases, but not as a way of pushing the aversion away, whatever is triggering the aversion somebody we don't love, right? But we're really, the, the skill is, no, I really do love my cat. I really do care about my cat or my niece or my friend or this body right here. So we're, we're trying to find the actual truth that I do care about this. I may have a hard time with this other person, but I'm going to notice this truth right now. But sometimes we won't be able to leave it in the background or in the periphery, right? It's just kind of showing up right in the foreground of attention. And we just have to be honest about this. Oh, honey, you've shown up. <laughs> Here you are, you know, my dear enemy, <laughs> right? The, the dear, the very dear difficult person or difficult situation or what, and we may be that difficult person, right? So it may not be some person at work or sibling, or whatever. It might be our own, this life right here that we have a hard time with. But that's, you know, that's where the love, we'll really see over time how love can be nimble. So again, before doing anything, just try to keep the love going, but let it morph into compassion. Oh, this anger, this aversion, this reactivity, whatever it is, this really hurts. It's really tight. And I care about it. You see, so then it's just a a natural morphine of friendliness into compassion for oneself. We're not beginning to send compassion to the difficult person. We're just realizing that the anger or the resentment or whatever it is that I have for this situation or this person, it hurts right here. I see it clearly. It's a crunch. Everything's tight. And I care about that hurt. I care enough to pay attention. Then we're right back where we were, but now the love just has the flavor of compassion, right? Which is that capacity to be close to what's difficult. And we might need to kind of keep that flavor of compassion until things change. Oh, may this heart be at ease with these difficult feelings here, with the difficult images that are swirling here. May this, but the the line like "May wisdom and love protect me always" that would be very appropriate. May this heart find its way to happiness and peace. So just change the phrases a little. I often, when there's difficulty or pain or suffering, may this heart be at ease with these difficult circumstances. So I'm not demanding that the difficulty go away. I'm really opening to the possibility of healing with the difficulty, 
ease, a skillful way of being with the difficulty, the difficult person or whatever that memory might be. But when it clears out after a while, then you can go back to you know how you were practicing. Because the idea is to keep the thread going. Now, there will be some times when we really lose the balance and then we're basically doing Vipassana or insight practice, right? Just like where we would be in the morning if a difficult storm arose and there's a lot of negativity in the mind, right? Drop into the underlying feeling. What's the feeling here? Can this be okay? It's just this feeling being known. What else can the mind know? Maybe we need to turn away from it and notice hearing. If it's really strong, if we're getting very out of balance, we might open the eyes even and realize just seeing, just hearing many other phenomena here being known. Sure, there's this painful thing brewing here in my heart, in my body, but it's in the context of this vast space of different objects, different experiences coming and going. And that space can really, that perspective can allow the heart to stay in balance even when there are difficult experiences. So basically, whatever keeps us out of the vortex of hate, identified with aversion, right? And this is, you know, one of the things we're going to cycle, all of us probably will cycle through many times during the retreat, how to, how to be skillful when these storms brew. Because it's just a matter of time before some storm, you know, blows in. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Any other questions or comments about the practice we did today? So feel free to find your own way, like for sure, it's really good to keep showing up for this session every day. But then during the day, you'll just find natural times in a sit or in a walking where the attitude of loving kindness would just feel like the appropriate object of awareness. So instead of coming back to the physicality of walking, you know, you might just notice that blooming of that wholesome quality of metta. So it's just, oh yeah, metta's being known. Metta's like this. And you'll learn the, the basic principle that when awareness knows these wholesome qualities like love, they tend to grow, right? That's the very nature. That's in a way how we know it's a wholesome quality is it's fed by awareness. Because if we were aware in a balanced way of an unwholesome quality quality like aversion, the awareness of aversion tends to weaken it, right? It's hard to stay identified with anger when wisdom sees it, oh yeah, it's just anger. So we really learn how to feed these wholesome qualities by paying attention to them. And it's really nice, it's nice to do it in a formal way because we're planting a lot of seeds and we're sort of greasing the, you know, or deepening the groove so the mind knows its way back to metta, has more confidence in metta. But it's especially powerful when there's enough continuity of awareness to notice when it arises spontaneously or just naturally 
through the course of the day. Because like I mentioned, a lot of what we're doing is developing confidence that this heart is good. It's capable of resting in these really beautiful emotions. Regardless of how life unfolds, life is really difficult, heart rests in compassion. Life is for a while really beautiful, heart rests in appreciative joy. Heart or the, you know, for a period of time, life is really confusing. The heart rests in equanimity. All the other times, that's just basic friendliness, that basic metta, open-heartedness, tender-heartedness, that kind of light and buoyant and inclusive. Oh yeah, this too. This too belongs. Yeah, please. Wait for the mic though. So I've, at times in my life, I've experienced what it is that you're talking about and doing the exercise with the meta. It's like no feelings were there. It was like, uh, okay, I'm continuing with the intention, but I'm still not getting any of the feelings or emotions. And so I just was wondering if you could comment on that a little bit. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It's important. Because like I just said a moment ago, it's really about building confidence. And, and if we have an idea of what it should look like and it doesn't look like that, it can do just the opposite, right? Like I'm a failure at love. <laughs> How many of us have had that thought? I remember saying to my spouse, this is, we've been married 25 years and we've li- lived together a couple years before we got married. So 27, I guess 28 years now, we've lived together. And right when we were starting to live together, I remember telling her basically that line, like, I don't think I'm capable of love. Because I had a lot of the experience you had that, you know, when I pointed my mind, my attention, went looking for that goodness, that basic friendliness, that appreciative joy and that compassion, I could notice equanimity at times. I could notice an evenness. I could notice stillness. But I didn't have that sort of juicy stuff that I read about or heard about, you know, people talk about, right? So I thought it was fair to give a warning. (laughs) Like, beware. Don't say I didn't tell you. So I was so happy to run across Ajahn Sumedho's teachings about metta, about loving kindness. He's a Western um, Ajahn Chah, Western disciple, really wonderful teacher, an important teacher of mine. And he really talks about, like, in, in a situation like your question, he might say something like, are you actively hating anybody? And if the answer is no, he says, so? That absence of aversion, right? That's metta. So a lot of it is just reframing the absence of aversion in our heart, the absence of open hostility, the absence of aggression, the absence of dismissing another, right? Because part of it is like really unpacking and 
and getting to know what love is. And I, I really appreciate this in the early Buddhist tradition, how often the Buddha chose to use words like, or phrases like non-aversion instead of the positive, right? Because it's really noticing this heart, in this heart at this moment, no obvious movement of aversion. And really appreciating that, that's good. That's good. There's no hostility. There's no aversion. There's no, not that I can see, no pushing away. And now to see that, then to, that in that more pragmatic way, to notice then the heart is open, it's inclusive, maybe even willing to embrace. And it may be kind of quiet. You know, we all have different personalities. And so we want to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up to give up because it doesn't look like that textbook example. And here's another point about this. And uh, some of you may not know this, but in the early Buddhist tradition, the practices of, uh, the meditative practices of the divine abodes, these beautiful qualities of love, they were often used to do emptiness practice. Because as we really allow that quality of love to grow, it becomes more expansive, more inclusive. It becomes more and more like space. So initially, especially as our heart is going from its more normal, fearful, controlling, aversive stance, it really feels juicy as that begins to relax, that tendency to be aversive. But then as it gets more and more expansive, it's also lighter and it it becomes sort of all-inclusive. So it doesn't have that same sort of juicy quality to it. It's more like the nature of the mind itself is boundless and all-inclusive, all-embracing. And so some people have more of that quality of equanimity. That's more what will manifest earlier. And other people will be more that sort of juicy, um, you're so beautiful, I care so much, oh, that's too bad. But we're all going in the same direction. For people who have more of an equanimity vibe, then it's like it can be useful, especially doing the other qualities where we're really testing the equanimity against the actual situations in life, the brokenness in our life, the ongoing suffering, the ongoing injustice in the world, in our own lives, around us, that it holds up. Because it has to be grounded in, in sort of reality. And for the juicy types, you know, then to let it become boundless. So it isn't about any particular situation. It's not dependent on how beautiful your cat is and how it's willing to sit in your lap. I mean, that's nice, but it isn't, the love doesn't depend, right? You could have an, a not so healthy looking cat who has a, you know, not such a nice temperament. And the love would include that cat too. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So we'll leave it here so we have a little time for walking practice before the evening meal.
Thanks, everyone. Nice to be sitting together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.